You're listening to New Dogma Z. Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation. It is episode 29. We have no guest tonight. Uh, only existential dread. I'm here. This is Andrew with Grant and Mitch. How are you guys? Dreadful. <laughs> I'm tired, man. Got back in late last night. Could have been, been worse, but could have been way better. <laughs> yeah, we heard you had. Uh, so you were you were at the Chattanooga game. We'll talk oh, about yeah. that in a little bit. But it sounded like you had some, uh, a near miss. Yeah. So we got into Chattanooga Airport, and Chattanooga Airport was who's we? Me and Trevor, Trevor Wyatt, Summer um, Cut Trev, Summer Cut Trev. He, it, we went through. Uh, we went through Chattanooga security, and it was. Top three, if not number one, easiest uh, security I've ever been through. And everything was great. And then our flight left late um, by about 10 minutes. And we got, we were already kind of under the gun because our, uh, our layover was like 41 minutes, which because they closed the doors to your flight 15 minutes ahead of time was more like, do the math for me, 29 minutes. And then another 10 minutes off, that's 19 minutes. And then you're on the flight, and you're on the plane, and you're trying to get off the plane, and all of a sudden you're down to 10 minutes, 5 minutes. And we are we were still on the plane about maybe 7 or 8 minutes before, yeah. before the gates were going to close, and we booked it. Um, we were in Terminal A on one far side. We got out at, like, A3 in Atlanta, which is the big, like... Yeah. The most the most it's, heavily trafficked airport yeah. in the nation. Yeah. And we run. We run, get to the center of the terminal, because the way that they have their wings is they have everything go through the middle. So you have A3. You have to run, like, God, like a quarter kilometer. Run all the way up. Get to the middle. Take escalators down. And then you have a choice. You can either walk or take the train to the next terminal. And they have a little timer that says when How the next train waiting. when the next train is gonna come. And I get to the terminal and I am ahead of Trev by quite a bit, because I got off the I got off the plane just a little bit earlier and I'm a little bit faster than he is. And I look at the sign, I look at the clock and it says a minute twenty until next train. And I'm just like I could wait, gotta but go. I'm, I gotta go. Because one of one of us has gotta get there. One of us has gotta get there. So I run and I get from A to B and I am just dead. And I look up at the at the B train when the B train's coming through, and it is like 15 seconds. And I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna wait for the train. I get on the train, wait, you know, we get in, it goes, get off the train, run. I'm going up the escalator. I'm about halfway up the escalator, and I see Trev at the top of the escalator <laughs> because he got on the train at about 20 seconds at A, and he got on a sooner train. So he ran a little bit less than I did, and we both just ran, and we got to, we got to our gate barely on time. We made it, and I did the... I, I actually like looked at the distance and stuff. It was like 1.2 kilometers, in about six or seven minutes that's not bad including you know escalators and running around people and i was carrying two bags like that's not bad horrible (laughs) and i we got on the plane and i like both of us were dying but especially me because i ran an extra terminal 
and the man the flight attendants on that delta flight were so kind to me they got me before before they started uh drink service they got me two little eight ounce bottles of water they bring you a towel they didn't bring me a towel oh. but it's not a this is an aerolingus here yeah <laughs> they uh but did uh aerolingus and then and then when they did drink service i was like i will take as much water as you will give me and she gave and the lady gave me three three water cups and she hadn't even moved and i had downed one of them and she just took she just took that cup back and poured another another one in so i had like i had like four glasses of water plus two water bottles on the plane and I needed every bit of it. I could barely breathe. I could barely breathe. I still, I'm still having trouble breathing. It is not, it is not from COVID. It's from having to just run for my life through Atlanta's airport, which is awful. And this is, this is why I run, guys, because you never know where you're gonna. Have well, to I life. used to run. I ran cross country in high school, and I don't really run with anymore. your frame. Yeah, I wasn't. The, I was not the thinnest to run on my team. Yeah, there were there were these two kids. They were brothers, and they were like six five, six six, one ten. Those are the runners, right? Absolute there. just Yep, those are the runners. Dude. Built like Kenyans. <laughs> they were they were uh they were built like they'd never eaten in their lives. I'm usually a fan, Grant, instead of running, uh having the airline actually call the other gate. Well that was the thing is is that when we got on the flight we asked the flight attendant on our first flight and they were like the dude was like, Yeah, I see it here, showing here. If it's not in the red, we can't do anything about it. Well, great. That's a bad Yelp review coming from me. First, first flight, first flight flight attendant, <laughs> not great. Second flight flight attendant, fantastic. What's so, that? You, you want to give me a voucher? Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, take, I don't know, I'll fucking take it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, keep, so what time? Do, what time did you get in last night? Then we got here eleven, about eleven central. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. it. It wasn't too bad. Um, that was about trip. what we. That was about what we expected. Whirlwind so. kind of trip. Yeah, and then I didn't get to bed until like one o'clock. <laughs> I was like, I need to de-stress. Sounds about right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. A, a shit game, followed up yeah. by a shit, travel travelous escapade home. Yeah. Everything else was fine, but yeah, that was. The game was rough. Yeah. You actually travel, and I, we had, we have this group chat going for the folks that contribute to NDZ, and I, I remember, you know, after the game, kind of saying like, you know, I'm I'm sorry that you had to put up with that, like travel all that way to watch that shit. Yeah. It also sounds like too that the the club kind of pulled every all of the players in for a post game talk instead of them coming over and kind of clapping you guys off, which it unfortunately seems like sort of a, a, a recurring thing yeah, for losses on say. the road yeah i mean they came over and, and talked to us for a little uh, did they in greenville i can't remember but yeah cheney came over and talked to talked to me and and trev and there were some other dudes in the cheney always comes over oh yeah cheney came over uh but only cheney came over and he was over for a couple minutes and uh and keith came over and grabbed him and was like hey we gotta go so just pulled him folks most folks listening to this will be acquainted with the club and probably watch the game we're we're talking about the 3-1 loss away in chattanooga on saturday night um we might as well just get into it because we don't have a guest this week um 
we we saw Pierre de Silva get his first start, uh, probably one that he'll be trying to forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but um, I, th- you know, I thought he's done okay, especially the fact that he's coming back from a major injury and surgery. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think he, I, from what I could tell, he was fine. The problem was is that we didn't play up the right side at all, it seemed like. And that seemed like that's where he kind of was, was yep. posted up because we had, we had Connerty and, um, and Morrow in the center. Or no, Morrow came on at, Morrow came on after half. Who did we have, who did we have next to him? Nazim? Jaden? I'm pretty sure it was Morrow from the start. Yeah, Morrow started, didn't he? Um, actually, no, it was Connerty and Silva that started. Sil- Silva was in the center instead yep. of, so who was playing that wing? Uh, it was Gebhard and Bartman on the wings. So Bartman on the wings. So it was Zemo. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean... Connerty, it was... I, I thought, you know, he looked okay overall. We also saw Brotherton in for Mel, who is out injured right now. Uh, still waiting to hear uh, on the results, or we are anyway. I'm sure right. he knows the results of his scan that he had this last week. Right. Um, <clears throat> but some sort of, uh, you know... N- We'll put it this way. <laughs> Overall, you know, the two top players on at least on Fop Mobs ratings were Derek Ebhard and Eric Connerty. And I did not have Eric Connerty getting a second highest rating on Fop Mob on my fucking bingo card. No. And I think that's I think that's kind of credit to Chattanooga for for how they kind of handled cuz after that early goal that Derek scored, um they kind of forced us to play through the middle, um, which is not a strength, especially when we don't when have we don't cello. have cello. We we had and we had wheels and Aiden on the bench, um, and and that's been tough because both those you know both those guys have been have been injured in one way or another. Um, Cello's been out for a month. Like you know, you're depending on Connerty and either I, I guess it was Pierre De Silva, you know. I, I think that P- both those guys are great, but you know Eric's a very young player, and Pierre is kind of new to the team. I yep. mean, uh, no other way around it. And um, mm-hmm. we don't have, you know, he doesn't have the uh, uh, he he doesn't have that connection with with all the other players as of yet. I mean, he hasn't been here that long. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, that's tough, right? But I think, you know, I want to kind of finish chatting through some of the specifics from this game, but I, I think you're hitting on something that we need to discuss at some point tonight in, in this recording is, you know, would rotation earlier in the season of seeing some of these sort of lesser used players squad players for lack of a better term get minutes so that they'd have a little bit more of that 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 gelling that rapport with with their teammates would it make a difference uh but we can come back to that i feel like in the context of this game uh connerty did fairly well 88 percent passing completed 15 of his 17 passes that he had um I, i will say that Chattanooga, much like the other teams that we played on this current away stretch, 
seem to very much so have our number as far as like isolating us to playing through the middle, not letting our guys get a whole lot of touches in general. Um, but also like, you know, getting a little bit into some of the stats. So on the night, we were outshot 18 to 10. Oh man, the scoreboard had it worse than that. So I remember at one point looking up at the scoreboard and I think it was like 24 to 5. And I mean, I don't know what their scoreboard operator considers a shot, but it felt that way. Yeah, I mean, horrid. what's interesting, they had 8 shots on target to our 2. Uh that thir- worth noting that they had thir- 13 of their shots were inside the box. Jesus Christ. We that had, doesn't surprise me. We had four defensive blocks all night, three of which were from attacking players. Only one of our play- defense or back line had a block all night, and it was Jake Kroll. All four of those blocks were I re- in the box. I, rem- I actually remember that block. That was a really good block. But... I mean, that's horrid. You, we I mean, should just it. It's it's good that our that our attacking players are helping on defense, but it was very clear, especially in the second half, that we couldn't get anything pushed forward. Like, yeah, we. One of the people at the watch party kept saying, "Where's our midfield? Where's our midfield?" We didn't have a midfield through, through throughout the entirety of the match. Kept asking, "Where's our midfield?" I and, mean, I was lamenting it at the game. Yeah. I I think I'll be glad to have the guys back this weekend. Um I think it'll be good in general, but I don't I still don't think it maybe <clears throat> solves the the problem of of our guys being depleted. Yeah. And I don't know what you do with that outside of like maybe sign some reinforcements. I, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't either. But um, kind of just just a real quick um, former Mingo update. Uh, former Mingo Alex Monas, who was here on loan from Chicago Fire uh, back in 2020, he was sent on loan uh, to uh, RGV uh, in Rio Grande Valley in USL Championship. And this, this was today's news. And it's... I, I'm saying this because I was saying this weekend we should have someone on the phone to Chicago to try to get Eric try to get Eric in on loan for the rest of the season because he's not playing a ton in Chicago and we could really use the depth. Yeah. We'll we'll get into that after I don't know. I <laughs> I thought about trying to rewatch the game to come up with some kind of commentary on what we could do differently but it just looked like we were fucking exhausted and dead legs and did not have a clue or an idea on what the fuck to do i've never seen this team look that bad just like kind of lifeless yeah not this year no no in previous years yes i i know this isn't the case but it honestly looked like they were phoning it in like they just phoned it in well, and I, I mean, think, and, and I know that that's not the case. Yeah. Because I know what it is is that they're just worn out, and that they're just beat down. It's a been a long season, but that's how worn out that they are. That they looked like they were just out there just phoning it in. And I know that that's not the case. Right. And so yeah. when that's what is the perception, 
you need you got to figure something out. i mean even my dad my dad mentioned um my dad was like that number nine he he just gives up on stuff which is not fair to cheney because and i told my dad that because cheney is always down on the defensive end doing stuff as you mentioned our offensive players were doing a lot on defense but you know perception is something um i and and it wasn't it wasn't just it wasn't just it wasn't just cheney like and the guys are tired and you know we have a lot of injuries and it's it's tough right well yeah the physical the the physical tiredness the mental tiredness plays a huge factor in like whether you're fucking chasing balls down or whether you're closing down defenders i mean like mitch osmond had in this game one ground duel one one i think we had less than a dozen duels like ground duels between all of our defensive players in this game like a majority of the duels in this game happened in the middle of the park and like it's very clear that they were pressing us hard and it's look i i think they're just exhausted well, I mean, we heard we, it we was, you know, without without giving too much away, like we we were messaging with Keith Tiemeyer after the game, and he basically said, like, yeah, our guys are depleted, they're exhausted, they played a lot of minutes in the heat over the last three weeks. It was and it was pretty to- it was pretty hot out there, and you have to you also have to consider the fact that it, a lot of those guys were come, you know, like some of those guys didn't get back from Fresno until Tuesday, right? I Cheney mean, being one of them. Cheney being one of them. Yep. I mean, I think I don't think Cheney played bad. Did he play to the level that he or anyone else expects or wants from him? Maybe right. not, but man, like. Well, and that's the thing. It's part of the schedule too, where it's like they've been on the road for four weeks. Yeah, I they mean, they look like you know. It's like, and that's one of the things. And you'll get this with with, with the baseball reference I'm about to make. We you'll see plenty of road trips with your favorite team where they're out west or whatever, and then they're playing. They'll set it up where it's like. I'm using National League because you're a National League guy. They'll set it up where it's like Giants, Dodgers, whatever, and then they'll right. finish. They'll finish with one of the weaker teams out east, typically, or out west or out east, typically, right? Yeah, and, it's, and you'll lo- and you'll get swept that series because you're just fucking drained. Right, you're just beat from being on the road, from going, from to travel back and forth, from doing all that kind of stuff. And that's to me what looked like to me was that this is a team that. They need a home game. And like they, they need to get back home and just have a week with it, where they're not moving, where they're not you know traveling so goddamn much. And that Fresno game, hey, it's in Fresno, which is hell to get hell, fucking way. hell to like, get into and out yeah, of. Yeah. And they had the tr- the problems getting out of Fresno, yeah. and it was really hot. And the game started yeah. at nine thirty Central Time, yep. which is the time that they are on. Yep. It's a very very late game. It's very hot. It, they're just oh, man, I, so like, what you do you guys do? you guys sound like you're making a lot of excuses and not complaining nearly as much no I mean oh um, man and, that, and that's just it I was complaining my, my mom after the game she's just like it's just a game no, but it's, not. it's like, not fuck you mom well it's it's <laughs> Throw you in the lake. And this is this is this is <laughs> something I like want, there. No, this was something I wanted to touch on too, is because for to some people it is just a game, but to a lot of people this is their livelihoods. The coaching if if we if we don't do well, you know, that puts the coaching staff and, and yeah. technical staff, it puts their jobs at risk. It puts the players, you know, a lot of these guys are on one year contracts or they're on a one year plus an option. 
and if they have a bad season or a few bad games in a row, it makes it harder for them to get their next contract. Right. And for those of us who are around the team a lot, like we are, like like a lot of people in the flock, it's tough because we get to know these guys as people, right? Mm-hmm. And we want them to mm-hmm. succeed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's so hard, man. It's so hard, you know, like Cheney coming over like after after the game and just like looking at him just like, you know, you you know how much these guys want it yeah. and how how much this means to them. And that's why it means as much to me as it does is because yep. these guys are my friends and these guys are these people guys I care about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it too is like it's difficult at least for me to not like especially while the game's going on to not be like what the fuck are you doing like what was that pass or no one's on the end of this like come up with a better fucking idea all these crosses to people that aren't there or set pieces to people that uh, like aren't actually challenging for anything in the box like yes we are frustrated uh but what are you gonna do it's and again and grant it's like you were saying we know these guys aren't phoning it in but this, you know, I, I think talking in the grander scheme of things, this is the catch-22 of having a small roster. Yep. Right? I brought that up on Sunday where I was like, I was driving back because I was, I was back home, my hometown this weekend of Cassville, the small, the small little beautiful little town on the river. And on the way back, I was thinking about this. And that was what I kind of kept coming back to was – how much of this is because of the smaller roster and and the spot where we're especially thin at is the back line as as i, I mean, pointed we pointed out a few weeks ago like yeah i mean if you look at if you look at our center backs you've got we got Tim, th- we got three Timmy, that's pretty much Timmy, it. Mitch and Sam and if you look at our wing backs we've got Steven Jake and Robert Screen well let's come back to this because i've got a whole i got some notes in here that covers a lot of this stuff basically talking about roster size overall but the fact that you know that roster size is deceptive because there are players in there that we never play right right and so let's come back to that but let let, let's talk a little bit about um the rest of this chattanooga game before we move on to kind of talking about more systemic things um eight yellow cards issued in this game uh probably should have been more probably should have been a straight red as well, I didn't get a good look at it, but I was I was fully expecting a red. From Should have been a red. That that fight looked. Should have been a red. Like something else. Yep. Uh, I think Payne was lucky not to get a red for his push from behind. Yep. Uh, and the, which is what kicked that off. Yep. Um, that was a separate thing, actually. Yeah, and I that was the thing too. It's like one of the guy, you know, one of the guys I was hanging out with um, knows soccer very minimally, but is a very large human being. He looked at that and he saw that he goes, "What's up with that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that should have been red." He goes, "I absolutely would like, like I would have came back and like punched that guy in the face." And that yeah. would, it's like, "Yep." I'm like, "And that's a red." I'm like, "Anything where it's like you automatically know that the other person's going to be seeing red, like, like angry red." The head, their heads were gone. Yeah, it they felt were done. like again. Yeah, it's like done. Stephen Payne, usually a very, very measured individual, and not- so. At all in this game, and it, so if and that happens, you know where he's at. That this right. game and the last have given me some vibes of last year's game against Fuego, where mm-hmm. 
where Mateus got, got tossed off. Keith about, Keith about beat his ass on the way to the locker room. So. Um, I do want to mention as well, um, Eric Connery, like he had a good game, but after his yellow in the 38th minute, Again. when we were, up a, we were up a goal, and he Almost. wouldn't stop talking to the ref for a straight minute at least, and I'm just, I'm just sitting there. Kids just like, mouth. I'm just like, something like... He has to. He has to realize that he's not going to talk himself out of a yellow, and is, if anything, he's going to talk himself into another yellow. But also, his teammates need to come over and be like, "Come on, yeah, like, shut the fuck up." Just grab him by the away. neck and pull him away. Walk and just away, be like, dude. It's not worth. It's it's not worth it. Yeah, especially in this league, it's not worth it. Yeah. Let let Matt or JP or Neil get those cards. Yeah. Yeah, and I that that's a thing I don't understand either. Is like we had two captains out on the pitch during this game where the fuck were they like telling people to calm down like and i'm not trying to like solo out wheels and and mitch but they they were mitch was on the pitch the entire game like you gotta be there and like (laughs) grab your man and pull him back was he (laughs) i mean he had a lot of clearances and some interceptions in this game he wasn't totally quiet uh he did only have the one duel, um, but before we kind of talk a little bit more about, because Mitch, I want to hear a little bit more about Match Day in Chattanooga, what the experience was like. I want to call out, you know, a bright spot in this game. I thought Derek's goal was quite good. Oh yeah, I uh, was I was shocked. Um, he just ran unimpeded the entire way, and I didn't expect him to shoot. I expect him to pass the ball across the center, and he shot and he made it. Like. It was an excellent goal, and I, th- I am, not only am I shocked that he did that. Uh, I mean, that that's a total Derek goal, yes, but still a very, very good goal. Um, I'm also disappointed in the league that they did not nominate it for goal of the week. You know why? Of course, I know why. Because it would win. You know why? Yeah. But um, so let it be known to every. To anybody listening to it's this, the goal of the week he, in our hearts. Because he he won that ball in the mid, he won that ball at midfield. I know he won that ball at midfield. It wasn't passed to him. He won it, and he just took it all the way up. And after that happened, Chattanooga did not let him get any space. So from from now on, if you're a Ford Madison player listening to this, you're gonna have to have a fucking banger to get goal to get nominated for goal of the week. Yeah, because if it happens, you're probably gonna win. Yeah. So. I mean, I think we've only had one or two that we've had nominated that didn't win. So, yeah, Jaden won pretty easily last week, right? I mean, yeah. So, Mitch, let's hear about match day in Chattanooga. This halfway capacity crowd of twenty three (laughs) hundred. Yeah, Um, that was about their capacity last year. Actually, when I was there, Um, they did. Um, they actually built a uh, they built a bleacher stand to the right of the camera well, um, mm. so that's you can't see that on the broadcast at all. From from my knowledge, I wasn't aware that it existed until I was in the stands at the game. Um, so that was nice. Um, their parking lot is it's ten dollars to park, and it is just a just a dirt pile. It's just a dirt pile. Like there's. You have your own fucking parking lot, and you're still gonna charge ten people or ten dollars for people to park. Fuck off. Yes, of course, because it's all about money. 
Um, so the next time we go there, we're purposely not parking in the parking. That's house. shit, though. Like well, the problem fans, is, is that the problem is, is that there's not. Oh, they got you anywhere. hooked. They, they got you hooked in because if you got to take an yeah, Uber, you, it's going to cost you ten bucks too. Right, <laughs> more than that. They like probably have drop-offs, whatever, but, like, this, I didn't this see stadium's, anything. like, way out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And even the entrance to get in, like, if you if you just, like, walk, if you somehow were able to park at the hospital across the street from it, it's it's still, like, a good quarter-mile walk from the start of where the turn-in is all the way down to the stadium. At least think, a quarter-mile. I just think it makes for a really shitty fan experience if you're, if you're soaking people, you know, you're charging them for a ticket... You're also charging them ten dollars for parking at a place that probably doesn't have public transportation running to it. Uh, East East Ridge, no, hell no. Um, I will say that they did have an area for tailgating um, that was open at four thirty, um, and if you parked in that area, you got free parking. Uh, hmm. We weren't aware of that, and we also didn't want to get there at four thirty. So. Yeah, you just got to get there two hours before kickoff. That was that was three, <laughs> three hours. hours. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Um, I'd do three hours. There, uh, not at that place. Yeah, and not with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I love my parents, but they would be bored out of their minds. Um, so I would what, also be. I mean, what does Match Day look like down there? Like, do they have good fan support? I it's mean, okay. Um, they have. They had like. I noticed there was like a. Uh, sort of band of sorts there were, there were a couple drums um according to trevor who was over in that area um at halftime apparently all the drums were manned by uh teenage girls um which good for them uh there they had a uh they had a single um bullhorn that was facing the field which i'm pretty sure is against it league is. rules but you can't really hear it on the broadcast anyway. You, you can't, and it's also like way, it, their drums and all their people are up at the top of the stands behind the goal. Mm. Um, so like we couldn't hear them too well all game from the other side of the field, which we were posted up behind. Uh, we were posted up behind the bench for for forward. Um, yeah, uh, it's like a brand new grounds too, right? It's like only two, two or three years old at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think it. I think this is its third year. Yeah, this is this was my second. It's my first time being at a stadium for a second time. That's not a. That's not Breeze or Hart Park. So. That was like the main. I mean, a bad joke, but the main joke with some USL one fans was that they didn't have lights for their first season. Right, and now they sure as shit have those fucking stupid light show lights that they just flick on and off every fight, time they fight, score fight, a goal. Fight, 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 It's clear that they don't have a professional... They, they do have a professional photographer. I just don't understand why you do that if, you're, if you've if you got a professional photographer because it uh, it just ruins, ruins, the, ruins the shots after the goal. I don't get it. I mean, this is also the same club that did fireworks on Autism Awareness Night, so... They had a. They did have a live band. And also hung a flamingo from a noose. Yes. Wow. They did have a live band um, in the opposite corner of the stadium from where we were, um, which you could hear them uh, before the game and at halftime. Uh, and they. Ha- it was two dollar beer night. Uh, two dollar beers and five dollar craft beers. Hey, that ain't bad. Take a page out of that book. Yeah. Um, other than that, the donor kebaba. The the the. the tw- um, the 2300 announced attendance was not 2300. It was probably. I was just say, what was your guess? Ballpark it. 
1300 maybe 1300 maybe um didn't pass the eye test no no i mean we were the tickets we were we were given were like back row in the back corner and we moved up and no one talked to us the entire time about it yeah um we did have a we did have a ball end up uh, in our section. Trevor got his hands on it, and he told me he feels bad about this, but he immediately threw it back down onto the field because it went out for a throw in, and it was Chattanooga's throw, and it it like went to him. He got the ball, he threw it back, and in that time, uh, I think it was Omar Gomez looks away from the stands and is expecting another ball, and the ball comes down and just beans him. This was this was first half. This was probably. Probably about thirty thirty five minutes in. Go back and go back and watch it if Good. if it's if it's on there. It was it was so funny in the moment. Good. <laughs> like he just he just like lobbed it down from like five rows up and just dude just did not look did not look. Good. So so if you if if you watch it back, I didn't watch it back to see if it was on the broadcast, but if, I would expect it to be. Um, if you just see a ball just randomly come out of the stands and hit him in the head, summer cut Trevor. It was Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> it S- was not purposeful. It was S-C-T. not purposeful. The dude, we we just we both expected him to look, and he didn't look. He didn't look. So it's on him. Uh, it's I on him. I don't really have anything else to say about it. We did have a couple of fans that decided to drive down uh, from Madison to Chattanooga because they had nothing better to do, and they just did it on a whim. So good for them. Who was that? Oh, God, I can't remember their names. Um, if you are listening to this, which I know you're not, because I told because we had never met each other. Yeah, we had never met each other, but they're in the flock end pretty often. Um, and I told them that I did NDZ, and they didn't have any idea what I was talking about. Nobody does. But they did. They did cheer. Uh, the cheers were because of them. I probably wouldn't have cheered as much as I did if they weren't around. But shout outs to them for driving the ten, saying, 11, 12 hours no in ma- Chattanooga. No Magnus. No Magnus. No Magnus. So. so it was six of us. I think he was a little bummed after. I mean, you know, he's still going to go to away games if he can get away with it. But, like, he, he was a little bummed after the last. He had no intention after, of going to Chattanooga. I mean, no. the Tormenta game, like, he the was a little one. bummed that He's nobody, got a pretty good record of, of going to games. Yeah, nobody came. He said nobody came over after the game to clap them off. Yeah. Like, yeah. And honestly, like, I, I feel like that I get after a loss. You're frustrated. The coaches probably want to have like a quick team chat afterwards or whatever. But it's like come this on, is a, this on. is a habit. Like it's a, it's a tradition the world over. Especially if you lose away and you have fans that go see you play. Yeah, fucking go clap them. Newcastle off. just fucking did it this weekend when they right. got trashed. They they went out and they fucking did it. So you can't tell me that like we can't fucking do it. Yeah. So you can, like there's no excuse. It's frustrating. There's that, no excuse. There's, there's no excuse when you have like a team that's got the money and like the, the the eyes and the viewership that like somebody like Newcastle does. They get trashed on NBC, mind you, not Peacock. Right. Was, that was a national game that they got trashed at. Like I don't I, think they I mean, give a fuck about Peacock or. But, but no, but no, that was I mean. that was also the national yeah. game on Sky too. Sure, they got on Sky, and so and they get trashed on national on worldwide television. They still go out and clap off their fans. They would do it. it will, I mean, clubs do it when they're in like third or fourth division or even non-league in England. We saw it where it was like that. You know, they they did that where you know the one team where it was like they had like four people up there like playing like one guy playing a yeah. drum and like and they still went and did it. So 
yeah it's there's no excuse that's just where i'm at there's yeah. no there's no excuse for it it's that, frustrating that is the one piece of sort of like uh, yeah i'm frustrated i i should yep. i should have called up the fucking rant line just to talk about that yeah it has <laughs> i think i think this was the second time that that's happened to me this year because we did well yeah because this was my sixth away game so it was omaha which it's far, it's fucking impressive yeah i mean it's a lot you put a good string in this year bro yeah. yeah, I was. I I was. What's the most? What's the most uh, road away uh, games you've gone to in one year? That's this year six. This year six. I yeah. considered going to Noco uh, here at the end of the season, but after after this weekend's performance, I really kind of don't want to. Um, and I hope that I'm able to go to any playoff games we make. But we're the way that we're playing is making my uh, my preseason uh, prediction look a little a little good, which is. I will not trust this team to make the playoffs until they prove to me otherwise. And here we are uh, on the line. I mean, we do we are two points up with a game in hand, which is a better position to be in than the other way around. But the way we're playing does not make me feel good, and we don't exactly have the easiest games to end the season. We've got Charlotte. We've got NoCo, That's thing, and we've though, got Omaha like, in those games. We've done well against the sort of quote-unquote higher competition this season. Sure, and I, I wonder how much of that comes down to coaching. Um, North Carolina, they kind of just want to play their game, and they'll do anything to play their game when they should be doing everything to stop us from playing our game. Because clearly the teams that stop us from playing our game are the teams that are beating us, yeah. yep. which is Central Valley, Chattanooga, yeah. Knoxville, Tormenta. They've, they've figured something out. They have figured something out. I don't think it's because, you know, like, and we've talked about this. We've talked about playing down to, our, to the level of our oppo- I, opponents. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's either. I don't, I don't think, think that's the case. I don't I think, think it that, is either. I think that I think those teams have game planned against us and have yep. figured something out, yep. which is – very very worrying and that mean, but that also means too is like that we're not making the adjustments we're not that's making true we're not making the because that's that's part of sports is that teams are going to figure you out eventually like they're like when you're doing something well they're going to figure you out eventually because they have to if they're going to compete and so where that what happens then is then you then have to adjust to them making the adjustment against what what you're doing. And it seems like we haven't made that adjustment yet. There were two major adjustments in the game this past weekend. One was after Derek scored the goal and Chattanooga decided, we're not going to let you do anything, Derek. Mm -hmm. The other was around the 30th, 35th minute when Chattanooga just decided to control the game. And we came, we we went into the locker room and stuff. You know, I wasn't feeling great after that. You know, like they scored at the end of the first half. You know, it's one one. You know, like maybe we can do something. But I was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, the way these guys have been playing the last fifteen minutes doesn't inspire confidence. And then they come out and they look exactly the same as they had done the previous 10, 15 minutes of the first right. half. Right. And nothing changed the entire time. I mean, I think. <clears throat> Part of that is what we were talking about earlier is just being depleted, being exhausted. Sure. Yeah. One of the things when I interviewed yeah. Matt last week, um, he said to me was, uh, we've got to be able to cope with the back three 
that teams have started playing against us. It started with Knoxville at Breeze. Yeah. Uh, the f- the three games after that on the road, all with a back three. These are teams that were not fielding a back three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the high answer press is. against our offside trap has also been a problem. We have always we have always been terrible against a high press. Yeah. I mean, just look at if you watch any game between us and Omaha between 2020 and 2022, yep. you will see how much the high press gives us problems. It's always been that way, and I don't know why teams haven't done it before now. Like, it's just it, it we're bad against it whether we're stuck in our own end or we're just being destroyed in the midfield well, like we were playing this the high game. line means that you have to be very mobile in the back to be able to play play back Correct. right and we are a team that plays from the back right but if you're playing a high line i mean the, the fuego did this to us like fucking stripped the ball from mitch like i think two or three times yep. during that game yep like and when you already like kind of dead on your feet yet just from being tired i think that was the tormenta game yeah, it was a tormented game. They stripped his. Yeah, that's right. Place. He did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's frustrating but, to watch it happen over and over again, which is he, why I think like a uh, a lot of people they're gonna you know we I joked about it earlier, but like Rob and Talk and Flock are doing this like rant line episode, trying to hear from various fans' frustrations with the team, with the way they've been playing lately. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of that. Just the, like, why the fuck do these guys, like, not change tactics, not try different things if we're doing the same thing over and over again and it's not working? I generally feel like this team has the talent on their night to pull those things off. But if they're tired, they're pulling punches. Yep. And you can't fucking do that in this league. No. No. This this league is about who's got more grit. And depth, for and that depth. matter. Yeah, and depth is, it, is huge. And depth is huge. We have league. we have a good amount of grit, but I mean, yeah, we're, like, we're lacking. We didn't we didn't have the we didn't have the grit on uh, this weekend, and we definitely don't have the depth. Like we we mentioned the back line, you know, the wings, center center backs, and the middle of our midfield, and it's rough because we've got you know it's weird to think that we actually have a plethora of forwards because that's never happened with this team you know and our wingers we don't really have an issue with with wingers so much it's just like everything else we you know like this is a team that was the best back line in the league bar none over the first four months of the season Well, let's talk about that real quick because just looking at the stats some uh, Madison Soccer posted this on Twitter. Um, who I'm pretty sure is like just somebody locally who covers like local teams. And I think it's Eric Anderson. That could be. That could yeah. be. But he said recent defensive stats. Who's a great guy and a former yeah, friend of mine at the state. Former journal. colleague, yeah. Former colleague of the state journal. He said these are so these are recent defensive stats on goals allowed. Uh, the first 21 games of the season, we allowed 20 goals in that's 0.95 per game the for the last four games that we've played we've allowed 13 which is 3.2 pot to 3.25 per game that is a fucking ridiculous stat but 
again, I think it illustrates that, like, A, either teams have figured out our tactics and our strategy. Yes. I think it's partially that. But I think a bigger part is, like, our, our squad is, is pretty th- threadbare right now. I mean, yes. if you consider the, the yes. our previous four games, we had Mitch playing at not 100%, and then this past game... No Timmy. We had no Timmy. In the previous game, we had Timmy out for a half plus. Well, and I don't think it's a, entirely on those guys. When did Cello go out? Yeah. Four games ago. Yeah. Was it only four games ago? It feels yeah. longer. It was before the Knoxville game. He's been He's been out a month. And it's weird because you don't think of him as a defensive player, but I think part of it, too, is, is that he, with him facilitate, facilitating the balls out of the back as well as he does – and now it feels like when we've got the ball in the back, we can't figure out where to send it. Right. JP said this when he was here with us. He's an he's an anchor point for us. Right. You know he's a, he's a guy that. So is Messias too. You know Aiden Aiden same thing. You know they're both guys that we look that our back line looks to get the ball up to 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 move the play, and when they're not there, we've already seen this where they're not looking for the. They're looking to move the ball either higher, right? And that takes more time, which gives the defense the chance to like come at you and like and, and steal the ball from your feet. So, not having Aiden and not having Cello, I think, because it's like it's like we've said, like you know, this is like in any sport that you play that involves space. It's your spine, just like yeah. the, the human body. You know, you look at baseball. You gotta have a good catcher. You gotta have a good pitcher. You gotta have a good shortstop and second baseman. You gotta have you gotta have a good center fielder. You have that. You can build around that, right? And soccer, it's the same thing. You have a good goalkeeper. You have a good couple good center backs. You have a good midfield. You have a good straight. You know, you know, it's the same thing. We don't have our two main guys yep. in our midfield right now. We just don't. And and that's and that's and we're seeing what's happening. Teams know that as well because if we know that. Right, I mean, we're just we're just couple we're just couple of we're just a three jamokes. It's our I main mean, three guys, right? Because it's cello, it's so you, CS, it's wheels for guys that do this for a fucking living. Yep, they're gonna see that and they're oh, gonna just done exploit their that. They've like, done their homework. Exploit that shit. So that's what's going on. That's what's like. That's what's going on. I'm like, if people want to know what the answer, that's what I'm seeing. I'm like, that's what's going on. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's partially that, but like the the really solid guys that we had the first half of the season are are struggling with playing through injury being tired yep. like it's yep. not just a oh they're they're playing in hot, in heat and it, they've no. had three games on the road a lot line, of guys yeah. like dealing with niggling injuries yeah look yeah. Be, deal being on the road and and dealing with injuries or something that's that's an excuse for giving up two two and a half goals a game not three and a quarter right i think I think it has to has to do too with let, let, let we'll talk about let's talk about the small squad, okay? So we've got twenty two rostered players. We had twenty one up until Pierre de Silva joined. Right. Um, twenty outfield players, uh, and that includes guys like Demetrius Kigea, who's still listed on the on 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 the roster, even though he's not traveled with the team. He's he, not even suited up. I have I. As far as I'm aware, he is no longer part right. of the team. That's that's been he is, he's practicing with the team, but he is not a right. he is he's not a, a roster player. His, yeah, so his his contract was a 25 day and then expired. Right. So you've got Demetrius, you've got Julio, and you got Tino. Like I mean, those guys are not seeing minutes at all. Is well, is Julio? I think Julio's been out. 
because yes. he's been he's been listed as out for the past right. like two months on every single like injury report that the that the broadcast puts out. Yeah, and, I mean, realistically, we have four, maybe five defenders, uh, four, maybe five midfielders, and four forwards who have contributed meaningfully to this campaign. Sure. So that's, I guess, my question is like, of those players, a would rotation in the lineup earlier in the season have helped with the team those sort of bit part players uh for lack of a better term to gel with the team or do we need reinforcements it kind of feels like we're we're five games out from end of regular season is it too late to bring in reinforcements to help you know fill those Fill some of those places for those guys who are injured. I think that that's where what Mitch was alluding to earlier about bringing Eric in would be a great thing to do. It would be a great, a fantastic because, thing. It ain't going to fucking happen, though. Because he already knows the squad. He already knows the squad. He knows the tactics. He knows because exactly with what you're saying, Andrew, is that at this point in the season to bring somebody in, you, you're going to have to bring in somebody mm-hmm. that knows that knows what you're doing. So you're looking at bringing somebody that's played here or knows Matt. Oh yeah. Right. I would love for Eric to come back. I But like I said to you, I'm like do you think that they're even fucking talking about it? No. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I mean because and that and that's how wherever we want to go, we can disagree with that, but that's cuz I I know that you and I would disagree with that because you and I are I like mean, you and I are fully on board like I mean bring him back. He's not playing. They're not doing it and like Bring him back. We need, we need depth. Like there's no. Yep. We see this. You see this in every sport, where on a playoff run, a team goes and gets like a veteran that knows the club or knows something about yeah. you know, and they bring him in, and he's the linchpin in the playoffs to, because even just having him there is is huge, right? So that's something to me where I'm like, this makes complete fucking sense, and the fact that like we have yeah, I I just. I mean, so, you know, there there's a lot of pieces of it because Matt could look at it and be like, yeah, I mean, like all these guys who are injured are going to be back in time for the playoffs. But you also have to consider that. If we that make the fucking playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> if we make the playoffs. So, I mean, like, maybe, and all this is maybe tough. Maybe I would go out to Colorado for Jaheel's birthday after all. I'm just saying in general, like, we have, if you add up, those numbers that I just listed out, four, maybe five defenders. Let's give five, okay? Sure. Maybe five midfielders. I just look at look looking at those numbers I listed off, that's 14 players. Yeah, exactly. Like 14 for your roster. That have contributed meaningfully. Like, that's thin. Like, that means that, like, if you have one or two guys go down... That's your, then you, you got a warm body out there who's not really. Then you're putting. Then you're putting guys in your seventeen that are just. I hate saying that we too, had, right? Yeah. And like we had I this, fucking hate saying it. Yeah, but it's you're putting guys in your seventeen just to fill a roster, right? Like that's your eighteen just to fill a roster. And we had this issue a little bit last year with our, you know, we we thought we had depth, and then you know, like nope. our our back line, you know, it's like, oh, we got six guys who could start in this league, and the reality was, is we had three guys who could start. Can you imagine? I would I would equate the physicality of this league to like the physicality of league like one. league one yes. or maybe lo- maybe championship maybe because no, that's super intense too. It is, but it, but no, I mean it's league one. 
Yeah. It's League One. Do you think a team getting promoted out of League One in England is going to have 16 guys in their squad? Or 17? No. I'm doing it right now on FIFA. There's no chance. Yeah. I'm doing it with Forest Green right now trying to get to the championship. God. I'm like, there's, no, there's no way. I'm looking at our There's no way. I'm looking at our team from last year and there are three guys that we could like legitimately be like maybe we could bring them back and it's just like That's if they're fit. Exa- well, these guys are Eric you know would be Eric Cesar Mario and Christian Enriquez. And Oh, Enriquez would love to come back here too. And and Kez is on a team that isn't they're out. Yeah. They he's with chat. Uh, although did he he didn't play. He didn't play. No. So he might maybe be injured there's again. Some, maybe there's something like, there too. And that's the thing. Like Kez still like watches all our stuff on, sure, online and everything. I think Kez would be a great, a great choice to bring back. Like, yeah, but at the same time, again, it comes injured. It, it comes yeah, back yeah, to what exactly. I was saying. Yeah. Who's gonna make an impact? It if does. you're bringing a guy in at this point in the year, they gotta make an impact. And that's just it. It's like, well, like, I mean, here already has a goal and an assist. Yeah. Like, he made an impact in his first couple of games. Yeah. Like, if you're bringing guys back, they have to make an impact. That's the frustrating thing for me is, like, I get it. I mean, look, when we've talked with Connor Colloy about this, we talked with him about this before the season started, of, like, it's not fair to roster a big squad if you're not planning on playing them. Right. At this level. Right. So, like... And and the budget's not there to roster a whole bunch of really talented, skilled guys. No, no. The thing I want to mention about De Silva is he has been impactful, but you have to consider the fact that, as you kind of alluded to, he's he's been impactful in a forward and in a wing spot Mm -hmm. because in this previous game he was playing in the center and he really wasn't very impactful. And that is, you know, like the center is where we're creating and where you've got to have these connections with right. the other with with your teammates and those connections don't happen overnight as we have well seen this year the previous year how however long we've had a team in this league you know it's in interesting about Pierre this game he was the most accurate passer in the game to play 45 minutes or more he uh completed 17 of his 19 accurate at passes he did uh how was he only passing the ball 19 times in this game well that doesn't figure in crosses um and crosses were not so great uh accurate crosses are zero of three i'm trying to wonder why if he's playing in the middle why he's crossing crossing the the ball good question he also won the most duels in the match uh I'm not sure how much that says, though, because he won 9 of 17. Again, Chattanooga was playing through our center. Yep. But I think the thing that comes that, that we're talking about here really is that, like, we are at the point in the season where you can't, like, it looked like we were phoning it in. You fucking can't phone it in. Right. You can't even look like you're phoning it in. Right. Like I said, I mean, because that's the thing. It's like... We know that, like because of our connection with this with this club, right? Like with our connection with this club, of how we know these guys, you know, we know that they're not phony. No, 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 yeah, but that doesn't that but doesn't fix the to results. My, to my friend, 
who's never seen this club and is just watching yeah. this club from like the outside view, he looked at that and he's like, they look like they're phoning it in. Yeah, they're fucking lazy. Why are they not playing? Yeah. And and so that's that's and you and I have discussed this about a lot of things, whether it's in relationships or with yeah, life. Perception whatever. matters a lot. Perception is reality, and that's where we're at right now. And what it, and what a lot of fans I think are looking at, and their perception is, is that here we go again, Ford Madison. Capitulation. Capitulation. Phoning it in. Second half of the season. What's you know, what's the poison in the dressing you know, room? Sliding their way into the, into you know out of the playoffs. Yeah. Why aren't we more clinical? It's like yeah. fuckers are dead on their feet. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think yeah. that they're you know. But, and like, that's not the case. Like I'm saying, that is not right. the case. Like everything I just said is not the case. Right. We know what's causing this. It's the fact that it's been a month on the road. Um. You know, in the heat, like every fucking game this month is like. Have you remembered like a month of August that's been like this? Like, no. We had a we had a really hot year, like a couple years because I remember when we'd be setting up banners and everything right. like that, and we struggled then too. Yeah. Like that's part of it. It's like playing in this heat is you got to admit it's something, and so and playing on turf fields and playing on turf fields exactly exactly. But the thing is, is like so many other teams have to do this. They do. And so I don't think it's an excuse that Which separates then this team. Adds into the perception versus reality because the you know some of the fans know that right, and so then that just feeds into everything. So whatever it's very it is cyclical, yes. So whatever whatever needs to happen to change this, and I think it starts with this weekend. Yep, it starts with this weekend. Look at one more kind of little allegorical thing. I uh, I know like. Grant, <laughs> our jobs have been stressful over the last, you know, oh, Jesus handful of months. But, yeah. you know, I went through a period earlier this year where my, you know, cause my team at work is is small, and when we've had outages due to, you know, someone having a new, having a kid, or just being out on an extended vacation. Well, and I've talked to you this too about like when I would work in schools about yeah. having like a short staff team, right? You know, and so so like. Things have were so much harder when you're short staffed because so it's not like the work. So hard. It's not like the work thins out, right? You know, no, while the, this happens, the, the work's the work's still there. So you know. people get burned out faster. They get jaded. They cut corners. People dread going into the office. Like it just becomes this very unfun thing. And yes, while we want our team to win, this is a fucking sport. And it's supposed to be fun. Right. It is a game, right? And the guys don't necessarily look like they're having a lot of fun. I, don't think, I think it was good. You know, I saw, you know, we follow like the, the guys on Instagram and stuff like that on the social media. It appeared that like when they got back last night, they spent time with each other, just going out and just relaxing and just spending time with families and stuff like that. That's what's that's what's needed. You know, that's 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 a good way to start working your, your way back to playing the type of soccer that we know these guys can play. Far cry from last year. Far cry from last year. Like, we would never, like, Mitch, great point. We never would have seen that last year. Like I remember I, we finished the, se- the season 1-7-7. Seven and seven. Yeah. That's not, that's we, not going to be the case and this when, year. And when the slide was happening, we knew why. Right. And, we, and we knew what was happening. We just knew that this was happening. I, you know, I think that that's part of the reason we why. We talked with Jaden last week, and he's like, things are good. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the reason why we're so kind of like, hey, what's going on? Is because I think that like we know that the, like things are better 
than what we're seeing on the pitch. It's just that these guys are just fucking drained. They're drained. We knew this going into it. You said this a month ago. Like, this is going to be fucking tough. Like you said this a month ago. You're like, they don't play. Like, we don't have another home game for a month. Like, what the? Like, and that's, and that, and I just want to say, like, what the fuck is that? Fuck off, USL. Like, what the fuck is that, USL? Like, you schedule a fucking month of a team on the road? And, this, and this, a team from a northern climate playing in three of the hottest the, the hottest cities areas. during the summer? Like, there's the part of me that's always like, with everything else that we've said about this league, that was not a coincidence. It reminds me of... Like, that's not coincidental. Like, that's, that's not. I, I'm sorry. I just can't. Like, there's too many things happening all at once for me to go, oh, yeah, it's all just a coincidence. No, it's not. It reminds no, me of the uh, of the uh, the trips that the Blackhawks and Bulls have to make every December because yeah. of because of the circus at that it's at the United Center. Yeah, and you have to go on the road for a month, and it's brutal. And here we are. Yep. And here we are. <laughs> yep. I think you know to round out all of this uh, hand wringing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, the guys obvi- quite obviously need our support this weekend. I think more 100%. than ever. Um, 100%. Knoxville's right behind us on the t- in the table, just two points behind us. If they win, if Knoxville p- wins on Saturday. And that fucking douche Jake Keegan plays for him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it would be extra funny if, yeah, I mean – Ideal scenario, Eric Leonard comes back in, signs for the team, uh, fucking smashes Jake Keegan in the face with his elbow, just out of sight of the referees, no foul, teeth knocked out, just get the, the front two, just the front two. There's the front two. That would sounds, make for a great photo. Sounds like my dad. My, my dad told me a story back when he played soccer, and he did that exact thing uh, to a kid with braces, and bloodied him up and the kid went after him punching and uh guess who got the red card oh the kid the kid the kid, did. The kid, the kid punched, trying to punch my dad and my dad and the my dad's bench is just all laughing because they knew who started it yeah they knew who started it it's always the second guy yeah it's always the second guy that get caught like i used to like, it happened this year it's happened to us this it's year not, it's happened to us this year jayton's red card it's yep. always the second guy that gets caught yep so yeah most people don't know, don't understand. Yeah, Jake Keegan's just kind of a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to get into it. It's no. just just know he's not a good human being, and if you have a girlfriend that you care about a lot, just don't let him around her. Don't let him around her because he's gonna say all kinds of inappropriate shit. Exactly. It's, Probably it's in not front like, of you. It's not like it's not like he's going to take her from you. No, he's just gonna say that say shit that he shouldn't be saying. He's gonna be out of pocket. That's just what he's yes, going to be out of correct. pocket the whole time, as the kids would say. As the kids would say. And so They do say that. I've heard it. I know a kid. He said it. <laughs> he's a pretty cool kid. It's yeah. the kid I'm thinking about. Yeah. So. Um, so we have Knoxville this weekend. How the fuck does that? Again, scheduling shenaniganry. 
Right, we're playing Knoxville two home games in a row with yep. three games in between. Yep. Oh, what take the off fuck class. is that? Here's a home game. Take a month off. You're gonna be on the road. Then you get to play these guys when you come back. I'm pretty sure we had like we had someone last year where we played them at home. We had an away game, and then we came back home and we had a home game against them again. I think it was Chattanooga last year. Uh, something like that. Well, yeah. I I want to know who the fuck is doing this scheduling in the league. Office. Actually, no, no. You know who it was? North Carolina. Yep. It was North Carolina. But I'm saying in general, okay, so whatever your whatever your gripes are with this team or how they've been playing or whether you believe Get your or asses to the stadium. I'm buy saying, it right? into the idea that they're just tired and <clears throat> whatever the fuck. Don't I you don't miss care. being at Breeze? Yeah. It doesn't matter at this point. It's you know, if you're a fan of this club, show up on Saturday and fucking cheer for th- this team. Back the boys. Like if I can go to Chattanooga, you can go to Breeze. Yeah, for real. You know, like, I, th- I thought like, it was kind of interesting. Mitch Brad. has gone to six motherfucking games this year. Right. And we can't get people out to Breeze to go support this team? Come on. I mean, we can get people out to Breeze, and they have been showing up. But I'm saying they need your support now. this weekend. Like, they need now. your support this weekend. Now so. more than ever, yeah. we need your help. <laughs> for just $5 a day, you <laughs> can feed a hungry usl league one soccer team <laughs> i you know where is uh what's her name who, who used to do all those things sarah mclaughlin or no, no, no sally no. struthers sally struthers that's the name i was looking for yeah that's the name i was looking for um i i think the thing that really made me think about this was i went to prost the day after on sunday good bar to watch the arsenal united game i right. haven't been around the arsenal Great game like supporters in in town for a game in a long time um having started the local chapter of yeah, Arsenal america um it got me thinking like there were a lot of people there i'd never seen before people i didn't you know like arsenal fans in this town like i used to probably know all them like most of them by name at least the ones that would come out to watch games um what what made me think what it made me think of seeing all these people out, because there were probably like 60, 70 people in there. I mean, it wasn't all Arsenal fans. There were a bunch of other people wearing other sh- other shirts and stuff. But Do you have any Man U fans in there? Yeah, a few. It was a rough day for Zach, who got to see another 3-1 loss did for he, his other he, team. Did he come out too? No. No. Uh, probably for the best. Yeah. Um, He'd been throwing stuff. Yeah. But the thing that hit me was kind of like, you have... Of all of the things that people romanticize about this sport, the community connection and being around other fans really is like the main one thing that I think people romanticize. And it got me thinking, these people all live around here. Why the fuck have I not seen like most of these people out on a Saturday night at Breeze? Because they have a local team, they have a local club. And I think part of it is that frustration of, yes, we play at a lower level, it doesn't really matter when you're there. Uh, if you're watching a good game, it, the 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 drop off in talent is somewhat fractional. It is fractional, yeah. But we've discussed this, yeah. At the same time, when you have a team, when we're winning, man, that breeze is packed. It's packed. And I'm kind of wondering. It's rocking. It's. I'm kind of wondering what the turnout's going to be like on Saturday. I think it's going to be low. To be honest with you, I think it's. I think that. I, that's why I think that that's why we're doing a call a call for action is because I think all of us kind of know the energy is going to be lower and, and but I'm hoping that it's because they have they've been away for four for three weeks now 
that they'll be able to come home and that a lot of people are missing them and knowing that like summer's kind of coming to an end here. You only got five games left, you know, four of which are at Breeze, you know, right? Right. And so this is the time. You're like, going to miss it when it's when it's over. We can make some serious fucking moves here. Like, we can make some serious moves here in these last five games. But, I mean, we're still a playoff team. Yeah. And consider yeah. last year we had our our last our last home game against Richmond had nearly 4,500 people when we were well out of it. Right. Right. I think... I think they're going to show up. I think they'll show up. Yeah. The question is, was, will the energy be there? Because they'll show. And I think that that's what we're asking for, is not just to show up. It's for to bring the energy, you know, because to, yeah. to, to get a win. Because, you know, I think that that's the thing, is, is that that is the advantage, I think, if anything, that I've, you know, because we know it's not going to be the pitch. So. Um, no. But if we have an advantage at Bree Stevens, it is the crowd. And so I think that having the crowd engaged there and into the game, Bolts well for Saturday. So what I'm going to say is is that if anyone's listening to this podcast, you're probably already going. And if you're not, you probably have a good reason not to go. If you're going, bring a friend. Bring yeah. two friends. Absolutely. Talk tell, to someone. Tell them to bring a friend. If they, if you know someone who's going, and be loud. Andrew knows this. Like That was a huge thing of what I did the first year was just bring people that had no background in soccer into the flock. And now we have people like Rob Franklin who's – comes to almost every game. That is because Cole, who did the the artwork, yeah, and the Cole, illustration Mitch, stuff. you know, yeah. like <laughs> like like Cole, like Cole never like followed a sport ever in his life, right? And now Cole is like buying a soccer jersey, wearing it to games, coming to every game. It's the people, it's the atmosphere, you know, it's, it's like the whole experience. And so that's what we're saying. It's like if you're listening to this, you're probably going, but tell your friends. Convince your friends. Call, yeah, we only you, got four home games left. You know, can talk to your friends to come and like try something new. I mean, five game ticket packs are on sale. Yeah. Yep. There you go. It's Bark in the Park on the twentieth. I might bring Clyde. You we'll better. See. You better fucking bring Clyde. <clears throat> if he if he comes, he's gonna probably be hanging out with Lisa. And if he's not having a good time, that way they can just leave. Um. Anyway. But yeah, be there for the boys on Saturday. <clears throat> whether you're calling the rant line or not uh we need we the guys need you there um just go support the boys yeah you know when they're win or lose because they're our boys pink or blue forever yeah i mean i couldn't look even with my friends if they're being a fucking bonehead it doesn't mean i'm like i'm writing them off you know what i mean we all have tough days at the office yeah, yeah. sometimes three in a row sometimes we have four months yeah. of our days at the office. <laughs> like you and I have had last this summer. Yeah. This summer has not been fun for you and I at work. No, but But it's been good. It feels like it's getting a little better. And we've we've done a lot of good things. Weathered weathered some storms yes. and uh made a lot of progress on anyway. Um yeah. Any other th- closing thoughts? It's, we've been all over the fucking shop tonight. I think that's gonna happen. Yeah, let's let's talk m- We'll, we'll talk music. What are you guys listening to? What you got, Mitch? You, had, need, you had a lot of time on the road, so... You I really didn't listen to a whole bunch. I, I listened uh, I listened to uh, NDZ episode with Jaden Nonan last night on the plane because I didn't get around to doing it until last night. Which actually was really good. It was really good. 
It was really good. Also, it is uh, it is putting the cart before the horse, not the horse before the cart. Yeah. Um, yes. There are a lot of ways we right. could go with that. I was right. Yes. Uh, otherwise, no, no one was arguing with you, but that's okay. Otherwise, uh, I need a win by Mama's Gun. There. That's that's what I need right now. Yeah. It's a great song. Um, I've been listening to this, this young gentleman has an album coming out this Friday called Come Around and Love Me, uh, Jalen and Gonda. Oh, he's so good. He's a DC-born, London-based soul singer who, for this album that's coming out on Friday, he recorded it with a bunch of Daptone musicians. Well, it's, and on, it's on Daptone, yeah. Two of the guys that were in Charles Bradley's band produced it. Um, the the like four or five tracks that you can listen to now on his Bandcamp uh, are f- fucking great. Real, real heavy Marvin Gaye sort of sound to yeah, it. Yeah, he's great. Uh, mine is, and I guess we'll just say it's Berlioz. Is it Berlioz or Berlio? It's like, but... Uh, I don't know. Multiple Berlioz? Yeah, it's Berlioz, I believe. Uh, he is a... So I found this. Uh, I found this online. It was described as if Henry Matisse made jazz music. And if you don't know who Henry Matisse is, he was a French, you know, kind of surrealist artist, you know. Um, and so I, I checked it out, and I was just like, yeah, this is this is pretty great. And so I found on the website for this this artist, I found that you could order the vinyl. And so I got it. I ordered it. It came. Um, it came... You know, it came from England. And when I got it, I was telling Andrew this. I noticed that the guy who was behind all the music, so like the main guy behind the band, is the same guy that sent me the record. So, like, gotta love it. The dude literally just sent it from his house. Self (laughs) self distribution. Like, self distribution. Like, and for me, being someone like, that's what you want. Like, as, as someone who supports music and somebody who. You know, really understands like local music too. That's what you want to do is you want to like give your money directly to the artist so that they get it. Yeah. He obviously like, you know, printed these albums like on his own dime. So we're doing kind of the same thing that we would be doing, you know, um, with someone from New Dog Museum where they're 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 supporting local, local electronic jazz music. Which, if you haven't looked to like Berlioz, you know, jazz is for is. Jazz is for ordinary people. It's named the EP. It's amazing. It's amazing. We is were listening. B A L E O S. Yeah, B E R L I O Z. So it could be Berlioz or Berlioz. I think if it's a Z, it ends in the Z sound. Yeah, that's why I like Berlioz. But yeah, so that's what I've been listening to. Check it out. It's great. I'm especially listening to like looking at Aaron. Uh, Aaron, I know you're listening. Go check it out. I think you'd like it. So it'd be good, like music for you to bop to while you're like doing some kind of project. So that's our interview. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here excellent, we go, Mitch. Excellent episode. We will see you all hopefully at Breeze on Saturday. We still have a couple of copies of the print mag uh, issue two. Come find us at Rabinia or in the Flock End. Uh, Rabinia before the game, Flock End during the game. Um, Forward club after the game. Yeah, get yourself situated. Get yourself sorted out. Read something. And it's important. It's important. You got to support this stuff. Yeah. So. Anyway, 
Hope you all have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you on Saturday. Here's to a hopeful three points. Let's do it. Up the fucking goes. And as Grant always says, be easy. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>